Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Star Joe's Podcast. Yo, Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe against Cobra, the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 127, The Kessel Run. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Robert. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, we are here to do another Kessel Run episode. Uh, this time, uh, much like many of the other times recently, we are going to be covering G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, and this time it'll be issue number 13. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So with uh, issue number 13 here, this came out in July of 1983. It was written by Larry Hama, uh, pencils by Mike Vosberg, inks by John uh, D'Agostino, uh, letters by Joe Rosen, colors by Bob Sharon, uh, editor was Denny O'Neill, and the editor-in-chief was Jim Shooter. Right. So not a whole lot's really changed with when it comes to that uh, from the earlier issues, but yeah. always good to mention. Um, wanted to start right off, Robert. Because, again, we always like to try to keep these episodes short. <laughs> well, we'll give it a shot. We'll try. We'll give it a shot. But I wanted to start right off with the cover, which is another one of those awesome action covers. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, okay. What? <laughs> All right, no, it's a good cover. I, I, this is one thing I loved about the early, or yeah. this run of J.J. is the covers were, like, action-packed. And this one definitely is. I also like that they are... Uh, they're re- representative of what's in the issue. Issue, right? yeah. So yeah. they're not just like these iconic pictures of everybody running at you or anything like that. Okay. What I want to know is why is Scarlet wearing Grunt's helmet? Yeah, exactly. Like she must have like Grunt must have got knocked out at some point, and she's like, "Hey, look at helmet," and throws it on her head. Yeah. All right, or just maybe like as she was about to lean out of the taxi and start shooting, somebody was like, "Hey, maybe you should put a helmet." I don't know, for safety precautions. I don't know. Right. But what I love is rock and roll, okay? Yes. So he's leaning out of the back window of a taxi cab. It looks like you're running down a road or obviously some kind of tarmac because ahead of the taxi is a giant you know, cargo plane, like Army, like yeah. a C-130 type cargo plane with where the back hatch drops down and you can drive yeah. vehicles and things into it. All right, so it looks isn't like... He sh- isn't he shooting, it, shooting his gun sideways? <laughs> I was about to say, okay, if that, okay, a couple of things. One, he doesn't even have to aim for what he should. Rock and roll is so awesome. If there's something off camera that he's blowing the crap out of, and you all you can tell is by the look on his face, he's meaning to do it. Okay? Well, and Stalker's kind of shooting over there, too. I know. I'm like, what's over there? Like, no, the only one who's even remotely shooting at the vehicle that's chasing them is Scarlet. Scarlet, yeah. With a little, like, pistol, handgun. Yeah. But you've got, you've got... A uh, stalker with an Uzi, and you've got rock and roll with his M90 saw, right? Right. 
and then blast it off to the side, not even at what's shooting at the other <laughs> thing is this vehicle that chased him down just shoots him, just barely misses rock and roll. And apparently Scarlet's butt, okay? So just misses <laughs> right. it, okay? Right. Look at the glass of the windshield all around rock and roll. If that taxi hits one bump, rock and oh. roll is so dead. <laughs> dead. He would, just be, he would just be impaled by in any direction. You know, if the, stab if, him in the neck, yeah. If the taxi <laughs> swerves, he's dead. If he hits a bump, he's dead. I can imagine it driving up into this cargo plane and rock and roll not being decapitated. Right. <laughs> it's like a guarantee. Yeah, because they're going to bump as soon as they hit that ramp for the... Exactly. Now, here's something that is really cool. Uh, it is a cool cover, even though it's it's a little ridiculous in certain points. But the one thing I want to point out is the license plate of the taxi cab. Yeah, it's the way it's, they signed the piece. It's Yeah, it's Voss Dag, which Voss is for Michael Vossberg, and uh, Dag is for John D'Agostino, which is the inker. So D'Agostino. 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 So, so I thought that was kind of cool. That's one of those little things that they throw in there to like you said it's just it's to sign it but it's also like a little nod to who yeah. the creators are so so we open up the issue uh it's it's called last plane from uh rio lindo yeah and rio lindo obviously has become a well-known place in the marvel comic series at this point so yeah. um so we have here it's a uh, gung-ho stalker and is it uh who was with with them is it not mainframe. Was it mainframe? Uh, uh, I can't remember who was with them. Breaker. Breaker. That's right. Yeah, mainframe didn't show up yet. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, Stalker, Gung Ho, and Breaker, and they're in the water uh, after everything had just been blown up in the last Both issue. Iran, yeah. Yep. Blown and the plane is swooping by with uh, the Baroness and Scarface, mm-hmm. and they swoop past. And the guys, the Joes, duck under the water so they're not seen. Right. But they are detected by their heat sources. uh, And the Baroness wants to swing by again to blast them in the water. But Scarface is very adamant they have to get that briefcase back to Cobra Commander. And Cobra Commander also denies permission to swing back to kill the Joes. Right. So Scarface, he's really trying to get it back. He's like, oh, they must be dead. You know, they just see, like, the floating rubble. Yeah, and so then the Joes get out of the water uh, before anyone can come back for them, except for Stalker. Yeah. <laughs> except for Stalker, who gets attacked by a crocodile. <laughs> which. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, you go ahead. Oh, man. oh my gosh! All right, so Gung Ho gets out. Breaker's right, right behind him. Okay, right. he goes, and Gung Ho's like, "What's happened to Stalker?" And Breaker's like, I don't know, maybe just stepped in a sinkhole. And you see, like, Stalker's hand, like, <laughs> ah, as he gets pulled under. And then Breaker, they're just looking at it, like, ripples in the water. He's like, man, he's been down there a long time. And then, like, bursting out of the water is this crocodile with, like, Stalker's leg in his mm-hmm. mouth. I mean, in yeah. his mouth. And then Stalker's got, like, a knife, and he's just, I don't know, he's, I don't know. And then, uh, <laughs> Gungo's like, Gator. Right. And, uh, and then Stalker's like, this ain't no gator. Here's a, a, a Rinoco crocodile. He's like, I'll talk about it. He's like, known as the crocodile intermediate of the phylum Chordata, subphylum vertebrata, or vertebrata, class reptilia, order of crocodilia, family crocodile. And then, oh. boosh, she's like sucked underwater again. <laughs> I'm like, who gives a description? <laughs> he gives like a mini uh, biology class. 
I mean, granted, with his I leg something. in the mouth of a crocodile. <laughs> like I said, now granted, I learned something, but I did. Yes, it was quite informative, and uh, now you know. Knowing is half the battle. And Stalker's dead. <laughs> and Stalker's dead. Well, and here's the thing too: it would make more sense if Stalker was like holding the thing's mouth closed, not with his leg yeah, in its yeah. mouth. Like he had like and, both of his hands on on the crocodile's mouth, keeping it closed and like wrestling with it, like rolling around. And then was describing what type of animal yeah. it was. It's fine. But you have a leg in its mouth, and that's got to hurt. There's no way in hell you're giving a description of what type of... I know. He's all, like, having, like, doing a biology class. Like, he's all giving a lecture on... Yeah. If my leg was in the crocodile's mouth, I'd just be going, Ah! Exactly. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. That's it. Now, that's I all might that would have out. I might pull the knife out like he did, because it's a weapon, and I want to get this thing off of me, but... Um, uh, so then they go underwater and Breaker wades out, which you got to well, notice. We, Breaker goes, okay, but Before we even get to that, I like Mike Vosberg's art, but I will say on that first appearance of the crocodile, I don't know where that arm of the crocodile is coming from because it looks like it's coming out of Stalker's crotch. And <laughs> it doesn't look like it's attached to the crocodile. Well, there's a part that was not colored, like that white part yeah. right under yeah. his mouth. Yeah. And that should have been grass or more crocodile body. Right. And this is so, the longest looking crocodile that twists in a way that I don't think a crocodile can twist. No, this but, is like a 20 crocodile. Yeah. But okay, so now we go back to uh <laughs> Okay, so he get they uh he get he gets taken underwater again and uh you just see a crocodile's tail goes down. And Breaker, you know, you he shows some courage here cuz he goes yeah. wading out into this, r- this water to try and find Stalker or save him. Which there's no way, Robert. If you ever got taken underwater by a crocodile, I'd be like, "Oh, there goes Robert." <laughs> I'm not going in the water after you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Chuck would be like, "Well, we learned something about crocodiles today." And you guys would turn and leave. Thanks, guys. High five with my severed, chomped up hand. Time to look for another third host. <laughs> I know. Maybe you can get Karen on or somebody. Right. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> so then all of a sudden you see blah blah, and Stalker comes. Out of the water, all Little Mermaid style, and he's like, "Present status dead." I was like, "Whoa, Stalker, bad A." Yeah. So anyway, uh, so then he comes walking out. He goes, "Take it easy, your leg." Or Breaker is talking to him. He goes, "That's all right, I'm fine. I'm just splat." And he just gonna like knocks out <laughs> face, <laughs> face first into the mud, yeah. Plant, which makes sense. I mean, he just wrestled yeah. a, a crocodile with his leg half torn off. Yeah. So then he he wakes up. It's hours later, and he wakes up and he asks like, "Where are they?" and uh, Breaker points out that they're at uh, a abandoned co-research station, and Stalker freaks the hell out because they have a fire going, uh, which they're cooking the crocodile. Yeah, he's uh, like, want some roasted crocodile? Like, he's he like, went he, back in there and got that thing. He, he's like, well, we figured he took a bite of you. You should take a bite of him. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, well, how'd you know this is an abandoned cobra place? And he's like, because there's symbols all over everything. <laughs> right. So then he... he uh, he, like you say, he freaks out, knocks the fire out, and he says, don't you know anything better? He's like, raw meat tastes just as good as a hungry he, person. How does he put the fire out? This is what, with this his is hands. <laughs> he just woke up from a coma or whatever from blood loss, and he's like, fire? I'll put it out with my bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, slaps the fire. He just slap. Fire's gone. <laughs> so then he asks where uh, Gung-Ho is, and he says he went to go look. Uh, Breaker says he went to go look for a radio. Um, to contact base. So then we see 10 miles down the, the river, uh, this truck with pigs in the back of it are driving you in the, and these are the most stereotyped, 
um, Hispanic people because the one guy's name is Hector and the other guy is Felipe and he's got wide this, rim hats, uh, right? Little ponchos on and an old beater track. But I will say in that very first panel where we get to see the driver and the passenger, don't they look like Laurel and Hardy? They do a little bit. I, they've got to be. Yeah, it's got to be a little much to them. It's yeah, because they do look like them a lot. So, um, I wouldn't necessarily think that they were South American, but no, no. But, uh, so then, uh, Gung Ho pops up out of the pigs. Uh, (laughs) he must have been laying down with them because you don't see him in the panel before that. No, he must have been like literally laying down with pigs on top of him. (laughs) So he asks them to pull over and they're like, Hey, he's got a gun. Let's pull over. What you doing back there with our pigs? (laughs) Right. And so he wants uh, one of their hats and a serape, and he says, I don't have any money, but he says, I'll trade you for a lighter with a bird and a ball on it. And the one guy says, we don't smoke, and the other says, we'll take it. Yeah, I know, it's very weird. (laughs) And I thought that would play into a reason why the one guy was so adamant to take it later in the issue or something, but no. (laughs) No, and he was so excited, we'll take it, exclamation mark, three times. He was really excited about that marine lighter. So then we're back at Cobra headquarters. Yes. And we got this whole all hail mighty Cobra, a very German Nazi-ish type thing. Mm-hmm. All the banners um, and guys playing drums in the background. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's hilarious. All hail Cobra. <laughs> That's great. It's like, can you um, imagine being hired on as Cobra staff because you can play the timpani drums quite well? <laughs> it's very strange. Right. Like, did they recruit them from some college, uh, yeah. you know, band or something? <laughs> like, like, how did they join? Local the recruiting office, sure. I guess so. <laughs> so then uh, Cobra Commander notices that the Baroness is kind of uh, annoyed and perturbed, and she says that she's not sure about Scarface's allegiance right. um, because he seemed he didn't seem interested in killing the Joes, um, and he seemed a little bit too eager to get the briefcase back. And then we see in the background... Um, standing behind them, uh, Destro, who, again, we have not seen fully yet, and we still don't see fully yet. No, you just see it over his shoulder with his arm yep. and arm up with, and with he his wants little to mini know, grenades. Yep, and he wants to know who the Baroness thinks uh, Scarface's loyalties go towards. So. Right. Um, so then we go back to Sierra Gordo, and I really liked this part because uh, Stalker takes charge about setting up all these traps. Hey, think, Stalker is the man. Oh my God, he's awesome. They build, they build this what looks like it's got to be at least a twenty foot long trench that kind of zigzags back and forth, right? Yeah. And his, but he's got to. I liked this a lot. There's a strategic yeah. reason why they built the trench the way they did. They're, they're yeah. setting all these like jungle traps, you know. Um, well, and just I love fortifying the idea, their position. Yeah, and I love the idea how they were going to set um, the tiger gates. Uh, like the tiger traps with the punji stakes and everything else, the hidden pits behind trees that face them because that's where the enemy would go for cover. So if they go behind a tree for cover, they're going to fall into these traps. It's like brutal. And then, but you got to think, Stalker's got half a leg. Who do you think dug this trench? (laughs) Stalker. With what? They don't have shovels? With his hands. Yeah, breaker. Like with his bare burned hands. He's like... Digging out a twenty foot long tree. Stalker is the man. And then Breaker's just sitting there blowing, blowing some bubblegum. Just big. And he's looking at the stick, going, "This looks good." Yeah, this is. You did a good job carving this one. <laughs> so, so then we see, um, and Breaker wants to know, like, 
what are we getting prepared for? Because who's going to really come to this burnt out station? And sure enough, as soon as you say that, something happens. Yeah. And, and up on a cliff above them. Yep, there's this, uh, they're like kind of ex-army, like we find out later, the kind of ex-army that are kind of like mercs now, uh, who are kind of in it for themselves now at this point. Yeah, they're not associated with any country or party. I think they were like ex-French Legion or something like that, or I don't yep. know, but something along those lines. Yeah, Nobody so, in particular, but a, some kind of a threat. They're looking down at this base and uh, this this uh, abandoned research base, and they realize that there's a possibility that there's some good stuff there. So they're going to go down and check it out. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind, every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's alright. Okay. Now that we're all close friends, let's head for the slaughterhouse. Grab your gear and start hot-footing it. If you're going to be there in time for breakfast, it's a long haul. Do you expect me to walk? No, you can run. Yo, Joe! So then we go back to Real Lindo Radio Station. <laughs> where The first thing you see is a guy behind the desk. Right. He's kind of writing out a report or whatever, and he says... They let this peasant in here. He smells like a truckload of pigs. <laughs> and it's a guy in a sombrero and a you know, poncho or whatever. So, of course, we know it's gung-ho uh, <laughs> just because of what happened before. Because of the smell. Right. <laughs> and uh, the guy actually says, you know, get him out of here and kill him. And he says, well, better yet, just kill him here. It'll be entertaining. And so gung-ho just unleashes. Um, and in the one panel, oh, he looks a little bit like Zartan almost. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He's got a um, weird mask on, or yeah. like just a shadow from his face. But yeah, so he shoots the two guards, and then he so Gung Ho shoots first. I mean, that's the kind of yes. <laughs> he <is>. He's related <laughs> to Han Solo. I think so. Um, and then he says uh, he asks the guy behind the desk. He's like, "Why aren't you laughing?" He says, "Aren't you entertained?" And he throws him. Well, into he was like, "Yeah, shoot him here. This should be entertaining." He goes, "Yeah," and then he blows him away. Yep. So then we go back to the Joe base. Um, this was a with, weird page. Yeah, I need to talk to whoever did the color choice on this one. Oh, 
because the checker flooring really okay it's look i I like how okay so this is the idea um so, uh general hawk comes in and um he's basically grabbing a team of people and recruiting them in for a for a mission okay right so he's right. got Scarlet, Rock and Roll, Grunt, Doc, and Torpedo. <laughs> which is so, this? Which is Torpedo's first appearance in the comics? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, so he comes in and he's like, I, I, I like this a lot. He's like, Scarlet, you're in charge of this team. These are your responsibilities. Rock and Roll, you'll be doing this. Um, right. He, he kind of each each person that he picks up as he walks through the changing room or you know where they're getting all geared up is each panel as he addresses each party member right yeah um but it's this aerial shot where we're looking down at the room as he's talking to her so the dialogue is awesome i like seeing like the page layout and how it was broken down yeah but there's like this very strange red and white checkered floor that looks like yeah. a picnic tablecloth or something it looks like it, a it 50s no diner sense. or something like that yeah yeah and so hawk comes in looking cool with his like army green cargo pants he's got this cool like military turtleneck and, and webbing and, and grenaded it up and everything. And he walks in and puts on a purple jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With that, it's like the coloring in this, in this page was just bizarre. It yeah. didn't look good and it was so distracting. It's very weird. But, but we need an action figure made of that uh, General Hawk. <laughs> With the purple uh, parachute jumpsuit. jumpsuit. Yeah. 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 So uh, Scarlet notices that Hawk keeps mentioning that they have to rescue three Joes, and she knows that there was four Joes, and he hasn't mentioned uh, Snake Eyes at all. Is that and he's Snake Eyes. Yeah. So he, and this is like another glimpse that there, a hint that there is a relationship between Scarlet and Snake Eyes. It says, Man, uh, like, "Get on the plane, Scarlet." He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." He says, "We'll tell you in route." Yeah. So, uh, so then we uh, go back to Sierra Gordo. Where we have uh, Gung Ho has commandeered a taxi cab driver. <laughs> <laughs> He's sweating and, bullets because, like, this bare chested man with, like, an AK 47 sitting in his backseat of his taxi. <laughs> right. Um, and he just tells him to keep driving, and he's and the guy's like, uh, okay, but uh, could you get your feet off the seats? <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> so then we go back to the Cobra base. Cobra headquarters, and we have uh, Cobra Commander reveals that the that Scarface was actually brainwashed, and that the briefcase actually didn't really have anything important in it. Yeah, it was he just, just like a a distraction or a, basically a reason. Right. Uh, it was kind of tricking the Joes them. into getting them. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was all just a big uh, ruse to get the Joes to to this one location where they could find some fake information. Uh, of, that Cobra wanted them to find, and again we get the shadowy Destro uh, at the computer terminal, and we we don't actually see, we still don't really see him completely. Um, there is one line here that cracked me up because it reminded me of something that would have been said in the cartoon, which is <laughs> Destro grabs uh, I think it's the Cobra Commander's hand, and he's because uh, Cobra Commander's talking about sending some paratroopers in oh, to yeah. fight off the mercenaries. And Destro says, Cobra paratroopers coming to the rescue of the G.I. Joes, not an extremely imaginative way of prying your our muffins out of the toaster, eh? <laughs> Who puts muffins in a toaster? Smash them down, <laughs> smash them flat, put them in there, because I like toasted muffins. I was like, is Roadblock there? <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> 
You'll the be toasted... the turkey. I'll be the stuffing. Right. What? We'll get the turkey and the stuffing and the toasted muffin. <laughs> well, and I like too on the page before, like we see this little down in some dungeon, you know, the headquarters. Yeah. And there's this gigantic uh, table that looks like a Warhammer model, like yeah, like 40k, you know, like <laughs> like Warhammer gaming table or something. Right. right. So it's like this big table that's got all this terrain and stuff built on it. And I love it. I love it. One panel toward the end, uh, Baroness points out, that's the reason for the presence of this model. <laughs> Again, I could just imagine Cobra Commander spending his nights, like, putting all the trees in there with a little glue and, like, painting it and really getting into this as a pastime. I know. He made. He always made models on the cartoon also. And I was like, oh, yeah. man, that's where he gets it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so as he's, like, reaching down to kind of play with the little figures, then Destro grabs his hand. What are you thinking? <laughs> right. Don't touch my muffins. Uh, <laughs> Don't touch those muffins. <laughs> so then we have we uh, go back to Stalker and Breaker, and Stalker is starting to get the uh, chills and fever. And he looks really helpless in that first he goes, panel. I th- he's like, I think my leg's infected. Yeah, you dug a 20-foot trench <laughs> with, like, alligator bite marks in your leg. What are you thinking? <laughs> and uh, Breaker points out that he found a pouch, and... It has, like, names and numbers and addresses, and Stalker points out that if it's that open of a document, that it's fake. Uh, But he goes, but sometimes on the back, uh, and he goes, bingo. He says, a a typewritten letter and punctuation uh, dent the back of the sheet. And he says, except for uh, the dot over this eye, it's a micro dot, which we never really find out. It's over an entire page of text. Right. Which yeah, we don't find out in this game. issue what a micro dot is or what it does or anything. Yeah, I just assume you know. It's, yeah, I assume we find out later. So probably yeah. In another issue, but the maybe. fact that Stalker could find that half delirious, I might oh, add. Oh yeah. <laughs> While he has the, the one and dot fever. on one eye doesn't have a dented punctuation mark. Maybe it's because his eyes are kind of going. He's more. Right. He can really tell right. the can... braille like indentions <laughs> on the back of the page. I don't know. <laughs> so then we see uh, the Bravo team. Uh, jumping out uh, to... <laughs> I don't know why this panel cracks me up, but just the way those two little figures are drawn, <laughs> they look like they're a lot closer to the ground than they should be, and yeah. they're just totally spreading and going, just kind of flatten. Well, <laughs> did know. you notice the tear coming out of Scarlet? Yes, it did! <laughs> it's like a close-up. As she's falling, she's like, or on target, green light, alpha team deployed, single tear running down. Right. <laughs> she's still freaking out about Snake Eyes, I think. Either that or she saw trash being thrown in the forest and she <laughs> she, she has a single tear coming down like the Indian. Um, so then uh, we see that the road ends where uh, where uh, Gung Ho was and the taxi tra- cab driver. So Gung Ho's like, just stay here, and he heads towards the bulldozers that are there. But he takes the taxi driver's keys. Yes. Hey, the keys, you took my keys. I'll be right back. He's like, keep me to run. So then uh, the one, uh, those mercenaries come down closer and they notice that there's a trench and that there's two men in the trench uh, and that there's probably even more around the perimeter. So they, they're going to wait till dark, but then they notice the people paratrooping in and they realize that they can't wait till dark. So they're going to have to attack immediately. Right. They don't want to get flanked. So they're going in. Right. Yep, and the two paratroopers that they notice are actually Doc and Torpedo. Right. <laughs> so we have... So uh, they're like, good placement, Torpedo. He lands right in the water. And he's like, I'd right. rather swim than walk, Doc. <laughs> so he tells Doc to blow up the the uh, raft that they have, which he does really fast. 
he's really good at blowing. <laughs> wow. He he's like. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Uh, we're rubbing off on you, Robert, and not no, in a good way. But I would just admit, like, w- <laughs> right, rafts. Right, right, rafts, right. He's very good at that. <laughs> so Torpedo dives under, and basically, he says something like, if there's three tugs on the line, it means to come right. up fast. Yep, he goes, you bet. Um, yep. <laughs> and then we have uh, Scarlet and two grunts. Uh, well, it's Roadblock and uh, Grunt. Yeah, and, uh, they're really parachuting. Yeah, they're parachuting down. I just remember from earlier in the story. Right. That's who was supposed to be with her. Um, and then we see that the mercenaries run into this other group of other mercenaries that show like up all of a sudden. fighters, yeah. Yep. Like, they, they seem like South American guerrilla fighters. So. And if you, you, have this, some... you have this detail of French legionnaires for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> you have another detail of, like, uh, South American guerrilla fighters, yeah. Yeah. And if you pick up on the cues from earlier in the issue you realize that these were probably sent by Destro. Yeah. Uh, because uh, he said he says mentions earlier that he's already taken care of the problem. Yes. Uh, so then we get back to Torpedo, who finds the bunker that's, that Snake Eyes and Quinn and Dr. Venom had dove into before the island exploded, and he notices that it's really, like, airtight, that maybe someone could have survived. Um, it he's trying to me- examine it. Yeah, and then he gets a tug uh, from Doc, and just as he gets the tug, you you see tap, tap, tap on the, um, he taps, well, he taps the outer door. Yeah, it looks like he he taps it with his uh, harpoon gun. Yeah, and before he can see if there's any response, uh, he gets the tugs from Doc. Yeah. Man, I love this page. This is such a good torpedo page. Yeah, it is. And Doc, know, Doc shows them uh, through binoculars that one group of mercenaries is actually killing the other group of mercenaries. He's like stabbing them in the back. It's like the second yeah. he turns, he's like taking them down. And we see the bottom of the river again where the um, bunker was, and we hear tap, tap, tap. Yeah. So yeah. that was the response. Man. I think this this page is my favorite page just because it's such a great torpedo page. But yeah, it is. maybe the only one better is maybe uh, Stalker. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting chewed up by the crocodile and given a science lesson that was pretty good so then we have uh, Scarlet, Grunt and Rock and Roll getting fired upon as they're heading towards the uh, terminal for at the airport that they they landed in at the airfield that they landed in and I like how uh, Scarlet's like we gotta t- uh, tell him Rock and Roll we gotta take that tower before they find a, that bullet with your name on it and he goes that ain't don't worry about Scarlet it's them 10,000 other ones that just say occupant <laughs> <laughs> I love that dialogue it's so good yeah it was good um, and then uh, Doc and Torpedo come out of the river and they notice Gung Ho in the bulldozer pulling up yeah. and uh, they all get to the <laughs> same where do you find a bulldozer out here he's just like driving a bulldozer <laughs> through the jungle yeah, as only yeah. gung ho would do. Yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, I, the only thing I wish is if uh, torpedo instead of just saying it's gung ho, if he said, "Hey, it's gung ho," that would have been <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> so then we have uh, they all meet up at the that uh, abandoned station, and they wonder where uh, break, uh, Breaker and Stalker are, and here they're up in the tower, which was an excellent vantage point. Based yeah, on all so, the yeah, it's so smart. Like, cause they were like, "Wait, is that Stalker and Breaker in the trench?" And they're like, "No, it's, they're dummies." And they're like, 
just kind of wooden, kind yeah. of put together with sticks and stuff and some of their clothes and fake hair or whatever, like just dummies in the trench to make people think they're in the trench. Yeah. But instead, they're up in the busted water tower looking down on the whole scene. Which is the best place to be, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so they basically tell him to climb on down and get on the bulldozer, and, and no one questions the bulldozer. They just climb on and... <laughs> I got a cab waiting. Let's go take the bulldozer. Right? Yeah, that was the other great thing you said. I really like... <laughs> I like all of um, stalker strategies, but you don't see any of it play out because... The, I mean, yeah. you see one thing happen, but yeah. like you don't see much of it play out because... The G.I. Joes just come find the other G.I. Joes. So, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more. And I actually did think that this issue, the end of it, kind of seemed a bit rushed. Like, I felt like I would have liked to have seen some, like you said, some of Stalker stuff play out. And then them escaping from that situation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the ending seemed a bit rushed. The ending was weird. Like, I would have rather um, we have one mercenary group come in and Stalker and Breaker defend their position against that group. Then you yeah. have the other mercenary group come in and you've got Rock and Roll, um, Grunt and Scarlet kind of breaking down that group. And then Gung Ho coming in is the, you know, like the deciding and, and Torpedo, like is the deciding factor, right? Like that yeah. other group coming in saves them all. And then just, they get like picked up by a helicopter or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not worried well, about how because, they get out of the jungle. I would have liked to see this play out and really pay off all of that strategy that, that Stalker was incorporating. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and also, you didn't see much of that first mercenary group other than other no. than them getting killed by the Cobra agents. But all you, you didn't even see that, except that they just the showed him about to get stabbed. You, know, yeah. and you just assumed that, okay, well, that's what happened to them. Yeah, and I will say, like, if you were to make a G.I. Joe movie, like, the, the one line that uh, Gung Ho says, as far as I got a cab waiting with the meter running, that would have been a funny line in the movie. Yeah. Like, if you threw something like that in there. Like, you can have it be totally serious and then just have that one line in there that makes it funny. Uh, makes a funny, you know, moment and everything right. else. Um, so we go back to the, the terminal where we have Scarlet and Grunt and Rock and Roll are fending off against whoever was shooting at them. Cause that's the other thing. I don't know who was shooting at them. <laughs> yeah. They never, they don't show you that at all either. So, no. but you see, uh, you see this big cargo plane, like a C one thirty plane flying over the tower. It says Scarlet, I've spotted a civilian taxi speeding towards the airfield being chased by two local militia armored cars. Rock row says, sounds like our boys. Like, <laughs> like He's like, must be those guys. Like, let's go yeah. find them. And back at the abandoned station, research station, uh, the these are obviously Cobra agents from what they're saying. And they said, well, let's go check to make sure that they got the that Joe's got that pouch because it's the whole point of the Joe's being lured to this place is that they find this pouch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, the guy that uh, is leading them steps right into one of Stalker's traps, which has the spikes in the bottom yeah. of it. And you just hear his scream. You don't see what happens, but you kind of know what happens. <laughs> yeah, it pulls way out. Um, it pulls way out, and you see just like from from a distance, yeah. and his screams come through, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. So at least we got one little payoff. But right. So then we see the cab uh, driving right onto the airbase, and it's being chased by a couple other vehicles. Uh, uh, they pick up uh, Scarlet Grunt and uh, Rock and Roll, and Scarlet takes over driving, throws the cab driver out, and uh, he he says, you know, now you're gonna take steal my cab too, and 
she's like, don't worry, uh, uncle, uh, a rich uncle is paying for everything and says keep the change. And he's like, American dollars, $100 bills. And I counted how many bills there were. There was 13 bills, which means he's he got $1,300. They ain't not going to buy him a new taxi cab. Yeah, he's like, so, <laughs> well, this is back in the 80s, maybe top maybe living in South America. I don't know yeah. how that translates, but he was way excited for $1,300. Yes. And and not that those mercenaries aren't going to just beat the crap out of him and steal it from him after they're after the know, it's all shot up anyway. It's going to get all shot. Up. Well, the other thing that's pretty amazing is how many people they fit in this taxi cab. In, yeah. in the front seat alone, you got four people wide, and right. you got another four or five people in the back seat. This is just like a dragonfly. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it's Absolutely. like how many people can you shove in this taxi cab? It follows, it follows the same. Uh, theory is the dragonfly yeah but i like how specific this drawing is because even though they're like just barely bigger than little mannequin stick figures breaker's still blowing bubble gum in the front seat <laughs> like yep. you can still tell who's who it's great yep absolutely um so they uh they say that you know the plane's not gonna be able to land and they're like well it's not gonna land that's not the plan we talked about this before uh we ever hit ground and they're basically going to speed the taxi cab up the ramp uh, right. into the planes, which is exactly what they do. Um, Hawk asks Doc uh, how Stalker's going to be, and he just says... Well, that, just, was, that's, that was the scene that was depicted by the cover, right? It's the yeah. cargo ships you know, rolling, yep. and they got the armored cars chasing after him. Yep. And uh, Doc tells Hawk that Stalker's going to be just fine. Uh, he just needs some rest. Uh, and Stalker hands Hawk the the information that they found. He says it ain't much, Hawk. It. He said, I how is he just fine? Yeah, <laughs> a couple of weeks R and R in the base hospital couldn't fix it. He's like, should fix it. Robert is just a crocodile <laughs> biting his leg off, and and he's like, lots of blood, exhausted, dug a twenty foot trench, burned his hands. Yep. How's he alive? Let alone, oh, two weeks will be all right. Be yeah. <laughs> so Stalker gives Hawk the information that they found. He says it's not much, but uh, a micro dot. So he says, so maybe. And uh, Hawk says, uh, maybe it'll give us a clue to the mystery of Cobra, of the Cobra Research Station, and help us track down Scarface and the Baroness. He says, the least we could do for Snake Eyes. And then we pan He's back to. He's just written the, him off. You know, he basically says, thinks yep. Snake Eyes is dead. Yeah. And then we pan back to the r- bottom of the river, and we hear the tap, 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 tap. So. Right. Um, so it's obviously. Outside of that big, um, you know, kind of metal. Yep. sealed uh, container or whatever it is. The bunker, Bombs. yeah. Yep. So, and that was the end of the issue. Uh, Which, if you look at the time you see Scarlet, she's pretty happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, she's on, on that last page, panel two. She's all smiling. She's excited to be back. Right. She's not crying about Snake Eyes anymore. No, she, she's moved on. Yeah. She's like, bring on Duke. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a couple things with this issue. Uh was I mentioned his first appearance of Torpedo. Oh, yeah! Uh, it's the second, as I mentioned also, it's the second hint of a relationship between Scarlet and Snake Eyes. Yep. Um, and this he issue was, again, but not his face. Yep. Uh, which I think the next issue is the one where we finally get to see him in He's full. on the cover, yeah. Yeah. So um, this issue was reprinted in G.I. Joe Digest number 5, Tales of G.I. Joe number 13, and G.I. Joe Volume 2 trader, Trade Paperback. And it's the very first issue in Volume 2 of the Hardcover Complete Collection. So I have cracked open the second volume of the Hardcover I have. So, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's really all the information. Uh, like I said, uh, Torpedo was the only brand new character that appeared. Um, so I wish, very... you know, for, for him being a new character, I wish he just had that one page where he dove to the bottom of the river and then came right back up. Like, yeah, he didn't do anything else. So it seems it's one of those instances where Hasbro sent Larry Hama a new <laughs> underwater Figure. character. Yeah. He's like, all right, work him into the story. So, yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, it's like, it was a good story, but like I said, the ending of it felt rushed. I feel like you could have got a whole other issue out of that ending. Um, and Chuck and I mentioned this last time, uh, and he confirmed it, is that this the last issue and this issue is the start where they really start building up a continuity in the issues. It's no longer one-and-done stories and stuff like that. They all, right. it's like one, one continuous story of events that happen. So um, I kind of like that because obviously we have the cliffhanger of snake eyes or somebody in that bunker is still alive. Um, you know, we have all this stuff going on with the Baroness and uh, who Destro, who this shadowy character is that we know as Destro. But as a kid back then, you didn't know who he was because he hasn't been named yeah. yet. So, it's it's a very cool storyline. Yes, there's ridiculous moments and there's ridiculous things in there, but <laughs> Not to the ridiculous level of the cartoons, but... Um, no, I think what I liked uh, really... I mean, and this is pretty typical of these issues, is the uh, kind of the little uh, comments and dialogue back and forth between team members, like with yeah. Scarlet and Roadblock or, um, you know, Breaker and, and Stalker. Like, uh, that's just, to me, what individualizes them, but also makes them feel like they're a team outside of the issues we're reading. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, there's shared experiences they've been a team a while they know each other even as they're just getting introduced to each other that, that seems authentic you know yeah. so uh, i really like that i also love all the strategy and planning that stalker put into um uh fortifying their position it all yeah. made sense all of it made strategic sense like, i just wish we would have had a better payoff is the only yeah. criticism i have of this issue so yeah instead of no, seeing like, a strange you know like uh, big budget movie, you know, like ending, right. like drive up the end of this cargo plane. Right. I would have rather have seen a military action. A big, big battle, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, like like you said, when you see all this buildup of him preparing, you want to see it pay off. It's yeah. it's kind of like, it. Um, I'll, I'll relate it to something we talked about in the previews episode, uh, which is uh, Predator. It would be like Arnold Schwarzenegger getting ready for the Predator to attack. He puts the mud on him and everything else and sets up the stakes and all, you know, the big rock that falls and all that type of stuff. He sets all this up and then, like... Sets it all up and then a helicopter comes, picks him up. Helicopter shows up, picks him up, and they leave. And then the last thing we see is uh, the Predator walking across, like, a bunch of sticks and falls and gets stabbed, like, the end. (laughs) And you're like, what? Right. I guess it's good he made that trap, but it's not like anybody was around to see it and it didn't save his life. Right. So, so that's kind of what popped in my head when I when <laughs> we were reviewing this. So, so like you said, it's a good issue. I love the intelligence behind Stalker. He's a total badass. Obviously, I would not want yeah. to mess with him. Yeah. Um, oh man, yeah, it really makes him look good. Yeah, but uh, and but we'll. It was kind we'll of like Gung Ho from go. a couple issues ago. Remember Gung Ho was like oh, a yeah. guy, and he came in and uh, was impressing everybody. And yep. So that's pretty cool. And, and Gung Ho is a pretty funny character. He's kind yeah. of become a little bit of the comic relief and everything. So, um, all right. Well, uh, that's all I really had to say about that issue. Do you have anything else you wanted to throw in there about it? Nope. No, nope. I think we okay. covered it. 
Cool. Well, let me go ahead and give our information out. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at theforumforgeeks.com. You can find us at uh, on GeekCast Radio Network. Uh, we're on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Uh, just look up Star Joes. No, nope, that's right. Um, well, I'll be at the Baltimore Comic Con, so I'll have an artist alley table there. You can come by and see me. Um, and then later on in October, I'll also be at New York Comic Con, so I'll be at the artist alley there as well. Cool. Uh, you can also email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at starjoespodcast. And uh, you can call us and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES. So 440-941-JOES. Uh, please leave a voicemail. You can call anytime. If you have a cell phone plan that lets you call long distance at night, uh, call. You won't be disturbing any of us. It goes right to a voicemail. So... Uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying that Forbes will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>